that's how I remember why I'm doing it is like I think about my dad and everything he went through and I'm like I can do this because there are other people out there that are going through the same thing and I remember to tell my story as often and as clearly and as honestly as I can because there are also people like me who are children of alcoholics out there that feel comfort in hearing stories like this so that's what keeps me going but it's hard. Welcome to Kindred Spirits, the podcast that brings you unfiltered conversations about life, work, and everything in between. Join us as we share stories, spark connections, and celebrate the magic that happens when Kindred Spirits unite. Hello, hello, welcome back. On today's episode, we're speaking with Lily Geiger. Lily is the founder and CEO of Philia, a non-alcoholic aperitif. Philia was born out of a desire to have more honest and inclusive conversations around alcohol consumption. This is a space that Melissa and I have both been really excited about that's been growing so much, so it was really fun to speak with somebody in the industry to get the inside scoop. Enjoy this conversation, and as always, let us know if you have any feedback. Hi, Lily. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Um, we're really excited to chat with you. I know um, career-wise, your background is in marketing. Can you give us a little bit of background on what your life was like beforehand and leading up to starting the company? Yeah, so I actually was living in Los Angeles out of college and worked for a company called Beauty Counter, which I then left and started working for another company where we worked with a lot of smaller brands. So we worked at like Heyday, Summer Fridays, APL, um, a bunch of other brands that I felt like we're pretty buzzy at the time. So it was a really exciting time to be doing those, um, to having those types of clients and doing that type of work. Um, and then left during the pandemic, moved here, and I started Philia in 2020 and uh, was just, I think, inspired by a lifetime of growing up with an alcoholic parent um, and losing my parent to alcoholism, but also just seeing how much people were drinking during the pandemic and me, myself, just wanting to actually not drink that much anymore. So yeah that's that's tough you know and you're right like it's such a social norm just to be drinking as often like i remember when the pandemic hit too three o'clock was always happy hour you know because you have nothing to do yeah it's just literally that ritual that takes you day to night where you feel like oh i'm having this drink and therefore i'm like clocking out of work i'm like separating my work day from now the evening and i can now like start to kind of like relax so it was it was an interesting time to start a company but also yes so i'm always curious like what were the steps that you really were like okay this is what i'm doing i'm changing i'm like spearheading this right now like i i was curious about what first steps you took um i don't think i necessarily like one day woke up and was like i'm doing this like this is gonna work out i think it was more so like over time just researching like how i could do it because i definitely had the idea and the passion and the drive. And I think I generally have a pretty entrepreneurial spirit. So just over time, I mean, I didn't know anyone in beverage. I didn't know anything about beverage. So I think it was really just kind of researching, watching YouTube videos, watching or researching um, co-packers, recipe development, bottles, closures, labels, design. You have to figure out, you know, who's going to actually come up with your branding and uh, luckily, we were able to work with Rowan Co., which was a dream because I had followed them for a really long time. And I know that they had worked with a lot of brands that were mission driven or had purpose behind um, them. And so it was really uh, kind of a no brainer to work with them. It was just a matter of like, you know, how do I fund this? How do I do 
X, Y, Z. And once I kind of got the courage to do it and could figure those things out, I just went for it. But I didn't know it was going to work out, obviously. It was very, like, just experimental. But that's amazing to share that side because I think people get so intimidated and face so much of the the photos on LinkedIn. Like, you know, yeah. you had everything sorted out and figured out. But really, you you were no. like, no, you did tell research. No. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Did I know nothing about this? Like, if I had known as much as I know now, like, I don't even know if I would have done it. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm kind of glad I didn't know. Because beverage and CPG, but beverage specifically within the category of CPG and this category is really, really hard and it's expensive. And uh, most of the time you're just like, what is happening? Why did I do this? Oh, my God, this is so hard. So, yeah, I'm kind of glad I just ignorance was bliss in that way. That is so real. I love that. Like people need to hear more of that. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like as far as businesses could go. That just seems to me like you chose one of the harder industries to go into. Did you have just like a really strong purpose and a really strong why pushing you through all the challenges? I think it actually was easier when I started because I didn't know how hard it would be. So I was kind of just like, oh, this is fun. Like I'm a founder. I was like, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? Like, I, I think the more I had to fundraise and like scale and the pressures of hitting certain marks and getting into a certain amount of stores and employing people and figuring out how to do like all of the unsexy work. Um, I think I was like, wow. Um, you know, I, I have to dig deep and remember why I did this because of how hard it is. So for me, I think that's times where I'm like at home and remember that I'm like a person with a family and a partner and friends. Um, and I have a life outside this project, this company and, um, finding, you know, I guess for me, certain like letters or photos of my dad and, and remembering why I'm, I'm doing this, which is mostly for him, right? Like he, at the time when my dad was alive, there were no options out in the market that for people who didn't drink, it was mostly like ocean spray and cranberry juice and sparkling water, or like there were a few non-alcoholic beers, but for someone in recovery, tasting a beer is just not helpful. Even though I think that there are some awesome NA beers, like I love Visitor Beer, I love Owls, but I I just don't think that's helpful for someone in recovery. So given that, I I definitely wanted to be um, I wanted to be cautious when creating Philia, but generally that's that's how I remember why I'm doing it is like I think about my dad and everything he went through, and I'm like I can do this because there are other people out there that are going through the same thing. And I remember to tell my story as often and as clearly and as honestly as I can because there are also people like me who are children of alcoholics out there that feel comfort in hearing stories like this. So that's what keeps me going, but it's hard. Yeah, that's beautiful. So I'm curious, like when you were trying your flavors, is it just a personal preference or was there like stats where people enjoy, like I know I have a lot of friends that don't drink and they always like really, really certain flavored on alcoholic drinks because it reminds me of like a Mai Tai or something like that. But did you have any stats or was it just a personal preference when you ch chose your flavors? Um, I, I mean, I definitely had experimented with a bunch of different flavors and tastes that I personally liked. I couldn't find anything on the market that I liked that much to try it. To like want to drink it every night. I think some are great, but like generally I was like, I, I need something different that I want to have every night. And so that was, I guess, the the intent behind that. But um. Otherwise, I had a lot of people that I really trust that that have worked in food that have worked. Um, 
you know, mostly actually with food, but I would say some people that are like wine people um, try it. But that was really it. And it was during Copen. So like, it's not like I could have a huge gathering and have people come over and try it. It was like, I was kind of just like, if I saw someone, I would have them try it. And then we'd get on the phone and talk about it. A lot of people didn't even want to meet in person. So that was that. Hmm. Just tons of research, experimentation, yeah. long process. Yeah. We've both been like me and Melissa really excited about this industry because of course, like everybody else, probably we've both been through periods of drinking and not drinking and we've experienced the difficulty of being in those social situations and not having something to go to. So that's been super exciting. Um, what kind of a response have you gotten from people from launching the product? Like, is there anything that surprised you? Has Have you felt like it's been really well received? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that it's really great to hear other people share their stories after I share mine. It's also really great to see people that rely on Philia and um, people who subscribe, people who order a ton of it. Um, it's great to see it in store and to see just the community that we've built, even though it's a small one. It's it's certainly a really, I would say, loyal following and community. And we have so many people who um, who love us and therefore will champion the brand on our behalf. And that's really helpful for a small brand to, to kind of get their voice out there and the message read. Yeah. Um, you mentioned about community and branding, and I know when we talk to other entrepreneurs, even Maddie and I, we we think we had this big plan. Where was how we were going to market to? This is how we're going to get in. Is there one area of marketing that you were really surprised about the response for the company? I mean, I guess like demoing, like being in person, having people get to meet the founder, and like seeing that I'm a real person, and I'm also not like in any way too precious or a celebrity or anyone to like not show up to these things. So I, I think people really appreciate that. And I think that goes a long way when you're actually going face to face meeting with store owners, bar, you know, bar menu, I mean, uh, bar managers, um, beverage, you know, manager. I don't even know. Like, I feel like I'm constantly going to restaurants and meeting with like the person behind the bar who mans that program. And then I'm also meeting with store owners. I'm meeting with distributors. Like I show up and I do demos at those places that's really helpful for me because I I get to meet the customer, but also the customer gets to meet me and they get to try the product. And this is an ingestible product. People need to try it before they want to spend $43 on a bottle or $6 on a can. Um, Sam? Was that a lot of how you initially got the word out and, and got people to start buying is just being in person and being around or were there any other like marketing strategies that you used? I mean, we do a lot of events. We do a lot of panels or events or tastings. Um, we try to get our community engaged as much as possible. And, and and like I said, I think just seeing that we're real people behind the brand is really helpful. And identifying with us and knowing us is, I think, great for our customers. Yeah, I love that you keep my, um, the story alive, both the purpose which I think really does go a long way when you're meeting people in person. You know, they get to see that you're not, again, not too precious <laughs> to be yeah. able to show up. And I think that goes probably so far because that's going to be a memory in their mind, right? Of And open their mindset. Was there any big shifts in your mindset that have changed since starting the, com the company that you were a bit surprised about? I think I, I've seen a lot of shift in the retailers that are specific to non-elk. So like a lot of these 
non-alcoholic bottle shops. Like I was so excited when they came out and Douglas from Spirited Away was the first to ever do it. So, you know, my I have a lot of respect for him. Um, but I think like the ones that have come after and there are so many out there, like I'm so impressed. And I think that they've done such a great job at marketing these products and championing them and showing how to drink them. Like I, I'm very um, proud of of all these store owners that have just hustled and tried all these products and and put a lot of money into um, showcasing them in the right way. So I think that was really exciting and and honestly a surprise to me just to see how fast it spread and, and how big this space had gotten in just the span of a few years. Yeah, it's been so cool to see that kind of growth. Um, are you in you in New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, have you seen the new bar? That's one of the yeah, the new bars in Venice. They're awesome. They uh, Brianna's awesome, and I I think her team is great. I did a demo there in I guess a few months ago, and it's it's great. I mean, just the way everything's merchandised with they know their stuff when they're talking to the customers that come in. Like it's really impressive, and I, mm. I think they're awesome. That's cool. I loved seeing. Um, I remember there was a big splash like when they were at Coachella last year, and it was the first yeah. time that like a non-alcoholic yes. like stand was even at Coachella, and it's just so it's showing how much is really shifting in the totally. industry and in the world, and super yeah. cool to see brands like that succeeding and yeah just like you said a hundred percent yeah well i read a recent article that alcohol is becoming less and less appealing for a lot of people like the shifts now i think after the pandemic people are really reflecting on and there's so much more availability right so that's awesome yeah i mean i think that we're starting to see even just younger generations being less interested in alcohol and i personally most of my friends i i see a huge change in the shift and just like going from drinking every weekend to even you know breakly and maybe a few drinks but like not really looking to get drunk anymore like I think the anxiety that comes with it the guilt and the um just not feeling great like you know I don't sleep well when I drink so yeah yeah what what are your thoughts I'm curious on um some of the companies that are like um can euphorix that are using like botanicals or herbs or other things to kind of bring a feeling that's not necessarily being drunk, but some kind of feeling. Your thoughts on that? I think can taste great. And I, I think their branding's awesome. And um, I think they're doing really well. I, I personally, just because first and foremost, I'm doing this for the sober community, even though a lot of our customers are actually not identifying as sober. I, that's still first and foremost who we're doing it for. So that didn't really work for us. Like that was never going to be a part of our strategy just because a lot of those ingredients that are in a kin-like drink um, are, they don't really mix well with antidepressants and a lot of like a pregnant person really shouldn't drink that. Um, and so what I know about addiction, especially alcohol addiction, is that depression and addiction go hand in hand. I, I don't want to limit anything even more than an RDS for someone who can't drink because they're in recovery. So that's where I, I guess that's my take on that. Um, although I, I think they're great. Yeah. Something for everyone. No, for sure. And I think sometimes, you know, uh, it's just easier just to have, um, like, I love that the sober community is something that is getting talked about more and more. And again, people are telling their stories to be heard and, you know, having an open, like, open communication about it. I even see a big shift in a lot of the platforms like LinkedIn about mental health and 
you know, just bringing those conversations alive are a lot more in the last couple of years because of companies like yourself, like because they're opening up the doors that, yeah. you know, we're not alone here. Mm -hmm. We can't hide behind our screens forever. <laughs> right. Totally. So I'm curious if there's anything you can share in terms of advice for the next generation. Like if there's anything you would tell your younger self or someone else that's interested in starting a company like yours um, or just going on that entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> like, don't do it. Um, <laughs> I would probably <laughs> um, to, to just make sure you really care about it. Uh, I, I am glad that I did it in the, at the end of the day. And I'm glad I did it when I did it. I'm glad I didn't wait too long. I think a lot of people want to make sure things are completely perfect before getting out onto the market. And I, I, I don't believe in that. I think it's great to just launch and figure out as you go because you really don't you don't even know the lessons that you need to learn until you're like learning them and that's in the process of doing it so i guess if you really care about something and you can figure out a way to finance it then go for it um if it's your passion but you got to make sure you really care about it because it's so hard yeah Amen. Amen. <laughs> i love that and again i think that the way how this is why we have these conversations because i think people are so scared to start but you're right you're not gonna you can't plan being an entrepreneur you can't plan anything you just have to go with it yeah mile and dial and just keep going <laughs> totally yeah i mean i i'm like i said you have to like remind yourself while you're doing it and those those moments you can hit them it's just really like extreme highs and lows that's like the way i always say like you get you know you get to some goal that you've tried to we get into whole foods or you know we get written up in some amazing article by some amazing publication and it's so great but then you like have something happen with like a production or you have something happen with funding and you're just like the world's gonna end like my business is yeah. over but that's great let everybody pack everything up like everything is ruined and so that's hard I think just like on your mental health especially if you don't have a co-founder which I don't even though I have like amazing support for my team um it's really hard to do it alone so yeah well, we have just a couple last questions for you. Do this it. has been awesome. So thank you for sharing all about your story and your journey. Our, um, our podcast is called Kindred Spirits, as you know. So there's a question that we like to ask all of our guests. And the name that we chose is based off a quote. And the quote says, to discover a kindred spirit is to find your heart in the heart of a friend. Mm. So we wanted to ask you, Lily, um, what that means to you and how you know when you've found a kindred spirit. That's tricky. I mean, I'm I I don't really know what that means to me, but it makes me think about like the people in my life, I guess, that have gotten me to this place because I couldn't do it alone. So like for like very obviously my team is so supportive and we work together and like they help me through all these like, you know, day to day issues that come up. But like generally, I think having a really supportive partner is so, you know, you just can't there's no price, right? It's just like, you know, I, I live with my partner and I'm so lucky that we um, have each other's back because I just don't know. I really don't know what it would be like without it, without him and like without my best friends um, and my family. So maybe that. But I would say, you know, if I had like a kindred spirit, it would probably be my partner. He's just so awesome. And um, I was talking to another founder recently. And I was like, 
he said at first, he was like, I don't know what I would do without my partner. I was like, I don't either. Like, I really think I would be like just totally in the gutter, like mentally and emotionally. It would be so it would be dark. Um, so shout out. Shout out to him. Awesome. So true. Yeah. We need those people in our lives to keep us going. Yeah. 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 So then where can people find you if they want to? Obviously, the website, we're going to share all your links, but anything anywhere specific? So, yeah, we're in over 525 locations, and uh, I would say we're mostly in New York. So if you go on our website, drinkphilia.com, and you plug in your zip code, you can see what's closest to you. But what I will say is we'll be in bigger grocers in the coming months, years, and we hopefully will get even closer to you wherever you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say, are you in Canada yet or no no we are in some place we are in some locations in Canada actually but you gotta gotta plug in your zip it's like we will we will, <laughs> we will. well thank awesome. you so much Lily appreciate your time of course thank you guys it's so great <laughs>